0: All right, well, I think we'll get started. Um, I wanna thank you all for joining us for uh, our Good Friday Zoom service. And uh, during my time at Lighthouse, I believe, you know, if my memory serves me correctly, this is our very first or my very first Good Friday service here in, uh, in San Jose. And in part, you know, we haven't had a church building and this is one of the blessings of COVID that we're on Zoom. Now, and we haven't had the opportunity to meet on a Friday night, but for almost 2,000 years, Good Friday has been one of the most significant and important, quote unquote, holy days or holidays in Christendom, both for the Roman Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church, and really for almost all parts of Christendom. And it's probably one of the closest holidays along with Easter, but Good Friday in particular, that's actually tied to the actual events because it's tied to the dates typically of when Passover happens on the Jewish calendar. And as we know, and what we'll hear this evening, it is during Passover in which our Lord and Savior was crucified. And Good Friday within the Christian tradition, And I say that, and sometimes traditions are bad things because they distract from the word of God. But at their best, they point us back to the word of God. The Good Friday tradition um, in many countries in many places, and certainly when I was growing up in Toronto, Canada, it was actually a statutory holiday, a federal holiday. And uh, people would go at noon for a midday service because as we'll read today, from the jewish time frame of the sixth hour to the third hour was the time that jesus was crucified and he was on the cross and so uh many churches typically will have a midday service at noon where the saints will gather and the purpose of the holiday is quite simply just to remember what jesus did on our behalf to remember the crucifixion of the son of god to remember what the Lord did to his own son for the forgiveness of sins of his people and for our redemption and for our sake. And so uh, this evening, my desire uh, is just to have a very simple evening and to let the scripture speak for itself and to give us a time just to stop and to pause at the end of the day and to remember not so much specifically the calendar date, but to set aside time in our hearts, to set aside Christ as being holy, you know, which is what uh, the apostle Peter in First Peter exhorts the saints who are suffering, to set Christ apart in our hearts as holy, to remember and to never forget what he has done for us and that all we are, all we do, and all we hope for is really tied not to ourselves and what we've accomplished or what we do, it's tied entirely to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to his word and his work that he is personally given to each one of us. And that's what's made our church what it is. And so um, this evening, what we're going to do, I hope you have your Bibles. Um, we're just going to read through a series of scriptures together. Um, and uh, I'm going to call on different people to read some of them. And to start our evening, um, I'm going to ask... Uh, our elder and brother Peter Park, if he would open our time and this service in prayer.
1: Hello, everyone. Hello, church family. I'm going to open this up in prayer. I'm going to ask you all to bow with me for a moment, and uh, let's uh, let's ask the Lord to bless this time. Heavenly Father, we want to just first come before you and confess our sin. Uh, we want to confess our sinfulness. Um, there's um, so much anxiety, lack of trust in you and your sovereignty. Uh, we questioned your love. We questioned your faithfulness. Um, we disregarded sometimes clear commands of your scriptures, Lord. And we uh, we are um, just fallen outside and in the inside to the core, which is why we're all gathered here today, recognizing just really how easy it is to fall away from you. And so we first wanna just come before you and confess our sinfulness, our rebellion against you, Lord, and what we've continually fight against and many times, oftentimes lose to the flesh. But this is also the reason why we're here because we have a savior in Christ. And it's this day that we celebrate a very special moment in the history of our Lord and Savior, which is the cross. And without the cross, we would have no hope. If Christ did not live a perfect life, a perfectly righteous life before the Father, the sacrifice would be meaningless. But because he was perfectly righteous and sinless, we can come before you today without any type of hesitation or second guessing because we have the blood of christ covering us from our sins and so we're here today lord solemnly again pondering upon that day that day where um where death was just placed upon our lord's shoulders and the sins of all the elect placed upon our Lord's shoulders, and where the Father turned away in wrath and separation of sin for the very first time, our Lord's Son, of our Lord and Saviors, the Son of God. So we come before you, Lord, asking that you could bless this time. um, That although, in a strange way, we are meeting over a video call instead of being all in one place together which would be better, but we're still thankful that we get to even do this. And so we just ask, Lord, the Spirit can be filling, filling um, this time and the believers that we can ponder upon just what an amazing moment in history that was to fulfill many, many prophecies that were spoken of from the Old Testament prophets, all in the life of one man, one God-man, and we're just so thankful, and we want to worship Christ tonight, we want to offer praises in our hearts. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Peter. Well, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to a passage which is quite familiar to us, uh, but really, I think you'll see this evening how it is uh, directly connected with what Christ has done for us, in bearing the curse of our sin, Uh, Genesis three, and I'm actually gonna back it up and start in verse six and I'll read to verse 19. And then after that, we're gonna go to the gospel of John where Ted will read for us. Genesis three, six. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you shall return Ted can you read for us John
2: 18 28 through 1915 so There, I'll give you guys a moment to turn there so John chapter 18, Uh, we'll start reading at verse 28. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning, they themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken, to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They crowd out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, if you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement. In, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now, it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, behold, your king. They cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar.
0: Peter, can you read for us Luke 23, 26 through
1: 49? Let's read uh, Luke chapter 23, 26 to 49. Please follow along with me. And as they led him away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene who was coming in from the country and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. While the sun's light failed. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things.
0: Peter, could you finish the end of the chapter? I'm sorry. Could you go to 56?
1: Sure. Now, there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action. And he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment.
0: Thank you. All right, if we could go back to our Old Testament and go to Isaiah 52, verse 13, Isaiah 52, verse 13. We'll give you a moment to, to get there. It's Isaiah fifty-two thirteen. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation... And he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death, and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many, and makes intercession for the transgressors. You know, at this point, why don't we just take a minute or so of just silent prayer, and um, There is no description of what Jesus went through that is better than his own words that we've just heard. And I hope that it's given you an opportunity to walk together in fellowship with the Savior and revisit exactly what he went through on our behalf on that day 2,000 years ago. So let's just take a moment just to meditate on the words that we've heard. And then uh, after that time is over, I'll I'll uh, bring you back and we'll say a few words and close our evening out with a word of prayer. Our theme this evening is remembering the curse of sin and also remembering the cost of grace, and obviously those two are linked. And uh, this has been a year for many people in our country and many people we know that has been filled with loss. It's been filled with the death of family members. It's been filled with, you know, much sorrow and suffering on a global scale that we've been able to witness out front through our TV screens in many ways as we've watched what's happened, obviously with COVID, but also with all the social upheaval and the unrest and this week with trials that are going on um, that have captivated the nation's attention. This has been really a season where sorrow and suffering has been right out there, You know, and I think for those who have interacted or connected with it personally, you know, the heartbreak of what it is to lose a loved one, someone who is close to you. And certainly when these things happen, there can be a bit of a temptation to say, you know, why is this happening to me or why is this happening to people we know? And certainly the last two weeks, you know, I'll share with you personally, it's been a bit of a struggle for me. I have someone who I've known uh, who who lost his wife, who was 48 years old in a car accident while she was volunteering to serve food, you know, uh, in Dublin as a school board trustee and left behind her husband, who was the one who taught me how to surf 20 years ago, uh, with two, two children, now a widower, through what appears to be something that's random. And then, of course, we've all been connected with what we've seen in the news and and just recently with a 65-year-old Asian woman on her way to church, you know, and and attacked and then in the hospital with a broken pelvis. And, you know, I, I will share with you personally, I struggle with these things and go to the Lord and say, why is this happening to these people? Why do people like this, who I know, uh, who are better than most? Do they deserve something like this to happen to them? And when these things happen and they show up on our doorstep, it's not infrequent. Or sometimes that we feel we can even go to that place of feeling, "Am I cursed? Why is this happening to me?" And, and when we think about how we think about cursed, that idea is that we're unlucky, that it's bad luck, that something terrible is happening to me, that. Shouldn't happen to me. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. Obviously, as I react to people who I know who are suffering and going through sorrow, that's honestly what I struggle with. That's the way I think. It's like, why is this happening to someone who I love or someone who I care about? Um, You know, if it was happening to some gangster out there, whatever, they had it coming to them. But what about these people? What about an old lady on her way to church on Sunday? But as we come back to scripture, You know, and as we come to the cross, me personally, I just have to share with you, I I see that my thinking is really very backwards. And it's the word of the Lord that puts things right side up. And as we come to Genesis, part of the curse of the sin that the Lord brings specifically to all mankind, as Adam represents all mankind, is this idea that the earth is going to be cursed because of him and at church on Sunday in a few weeks, we'll walk through this in greater depth and detail. But the idea of being cursed in scripture is that you're cut off from God, that the creation, which was once good and meant to be a place of blessing and filled with the glory and goodness of the Lord is now cut off from the life and love of God, because God is holy. And thorns become a symbol of the curse of sin. And as you go through scripture, from all the way through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, you just have to look up those that word thorn, or thorn and briars, and you're going to see repeatedly, it comes up within that context as a reminder that sin brings sorrow and suffering, because it separates us from the life and love of God. It's that conscious decision in sin, where we're going to choose that other life apart from the life and love of God, but there's that Separation and that death that happens, and the Lord leaves thorns and briars in the earth things that are painful, things that are sharp, things that cause suffering, things that make our life difficult. Things if you go and grasp, and you go, you know, when I play sports with my boys, and there's a bunch of thorn bushes, and I'll warn them when they go to pick up the ball, I say, Hey, be careful, slow down, don't get too close. There's thorns over there, they're things that push us back and push us away. You know, you think of a rose and you think of thorns. And what do the thorns do? You see this beautiful flower and you want to pick it up and smell it, but you step back because of the thorns that are there. Thorns are a symbol and a reminder of the curse of sin. And it is not by accident as the Roman soldiers mock our savior and Lord and they ridicule this man for presuming, quote unquote, to be a king, that they place on him a purple robe and place on him a crown of thorns. And it's directly connected to Genesis, and God's sovereignty, and that the evil that these men do is actually an affirmation of the word of the Lord, of what God himself is doing, and what's being described in Isaiah. And what, you know, the Apostle Paul in Galatians 3.13 summarizes for us, when he says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree and we see that what the lord is doing here on good friday is he is taking the curse and becoming the curse that we ultimately deserve the fullness of the sorrow the fullness of the suffering the fullness of the shame and the guilt and the rejections. He's taking it, not so that we would be free per se and live this pain-free life, but so that we might be free from the rule of sin and death and unbelief and that we could belong to him, that we could have fellowship with him, that that separation would be removed. He took the separation. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For that minute or moment, which would be an infinite eternity for the Son of God of that separation from the Father, he bore the curse and became the curse. And when we come there, at least I'll share for me what I am thankful to the Lord for beginning to show me personally is I have it backwards. It's my sin that put Jesus on the cross. And it's my sin that caused him, the innocent son of God, to suffer a humiliation, rejection, sorrow, and suffering, and separation from God that he did not deserve. And he did that for me. And it reverses everything. And it points us to the fact that really the reality is we all deserve the sorrow and the suffering of the cross. On the cross, the Lord is showing us what we deserve. And the fact that we don't experience that in a daily basis or throughout our lives, or the fact that perhaps we even just get a taste of it, is really a mercy and grace of God that points us back to the cross to understand what's really going on and to begin to see his mercy and grace in our lives. New Testament scholar F.F. Bruce writes of this Galatians 3.13, he says, Christ Enduring the cross was his supreme act of obedience to God. Christ's obedience is the standard and measure of true faith and obedience. And what the Apostle Paul makes clear is that the curse which Christ became was his people's curse. As the death which he died was their death, the death they deserved. In his death, everything was made his, that sin had made ours. I'm going to say that again. In his death, everything was made his, that sin had made, uh, made ours. And everything that was his was made ours by grace through faith in him. The cross is the great exchange. And it causes us to stop, hopefully, and put things in perspective to remember the curse of sin, but also the cost of grace. What price was paid so that we could be his children, that we could belong to him? Yes, we still deal with sorrow. Yes, we still deal with suffering. Yes, we still have painful moments in our lives. And we will lose people we love, and we will suffer things that we think, by comparison, perhaps we don't deserve when we compare ourselves with others, until we come to the cross. And then when we see what we are guilty of, that we are the ones who didn't put just someone in the hospital, but we put someone on the cross, we begin to see the mercy and grace and love that Christ displayed for each one of us. We begin to see the foundation of what the church is meant to be. And we begin to see the beauty of God's love and justice that are tied together on the cross as a gift for us. We begin to see a God who is willing to suffer and become the curse of sin so that in exchange we might belong to him and receive all that he is his life and his love, his fellowship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. A fellowship that begins here, but we will not see fully until after we have died or until Christ comes again. This is a great sacrifice, and there is no greater love than what we see demonstrated on the cross of Christ. So this evening, as we close out, Um, I'm going to ask Ted to close our time in prayer. But I hope for the rest of the evening and for the rest of the weekend, you take the time really to rejoice and to give thanks in gratitude for what Christ has done. But also, perhaps, too, as we think of how much we have been forgiven, it's worth stopping to think of others that we need to forgive. What we have been given and forgiven on the cross is immeasurable. What Christ has done for us is immeasurable. What we're guilty of, the crucifixion of the Son of God, which each one of us is guilty of, we have been forgiven and been given a new life. And so it's worth in our hearts, as God calls us, to show that same love and grace to others, to consider perhaps people who have caused you pain and sorrow and to pray for them. Even as Christ said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And also this weekend, as we get ready for Easter, to take the time to spend some time with Christ and to thank him for the love that he has shown to you and for what the cross is. So with that, I'm going to ask uh, Ted, would you close our time out this evening? And would you uh, pray on behalf of all who are here this evening?
2: Thanks, Mark. <clears throat> Let's pray and close our time together. Our Lord Jesus, we are uh, humbled uh, tonight just even um, just considering uh, the humility you displayed for us Lord, in humbling yourself by becoming obedient to death uh, even death on the cross and or we're humbled because that is what we deserved not what you deserve and yet what we heard tonight was that you out of love for us and out of just out of a great cost to yourself, Lord, you became our death so that we can become your righteousness, Lord. And that is something that we will not ever fully fathom. Lord, just that price of redemption Lord, we will never, ever come close to paying such a great cost in our own life. And Lord, yet you, Set your love upon us, Lord. You did it, Lord, because there was no other way. Lord, if there were, Lord, we would not be celebrating Good Friday this evening, but because clearly there was no other way to reverse the curse of sin, you gave up your own life for us, Lord, for us who. received this truth by faith and have repented of our sins, uh, may that grow in our hearts a a deeper appreciation, a deeper gratitude, Lord, for who you are to us, Lord, that we would not simply recognize you as uh, the giver of good things, uh, that we would not simply recognize you as the creator of all things, Lord, but that above all, Lord, we would recognize you as our savior and our Lord. Lord, that we would walk in humility uh, in the footsteps of of you, Lord, that we would carry in our hearts, Lord, just the forgiveness of sin and the great mercy and grace we have received through the cross. And that we would not boast in ourselves, uh, but boast only in the cross in the fact that you were crucified for us. Lord, may we be people who are thankful, who are joyful, who are humble, Lord, knowing that all these things we have received freely, uh, but came at a great cost to you. Lord, as we enter into this weekend and look forward to the resurrection, Lord, and, and the celebration and And the joy that that brings to our hearts, Lord. Uh, May we still pause and and just recognize how much, Lord, we need to still be forgiven of our sins each and every day. And yet Christ has paid it all. And that uh, we can live for tomorrow knowing that, uh, Lord, there is a resurrection to come. Lord, that we are not left in our sins, but because. Christ triumphed over death because Christ paid for our sins on the cross. Lord, uh, we can have newness of life, a life that can be lived to your glory, a life that can be used uh, to fulfill your purposes in and through us, a life that can be used, Lord, together as as a body of Christ, as the church, the household of God, to uh, glorify and magnify your name, not only to one another, but to those whom you call us to reach out to. Lord, that we would be the light, just as you were the light of the world. We would go out and go forth into the darkness, carrying the light of the gospel in our hearts. Lord, help us to do that as a church, Lord, in the coming days. Lord, help us to consider, Lord, how we can continue to walk by faith, strengthened and encouraged by the message of the cross, knowing that we have been forgiven much. Lord, help us to do so by faith each and every day. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ted. Thank you everyone for joining us
0: this evening and, and uh you know, certainly encouraging my heart and just being a blessing uh for this fellowship, for, my first uh, Good Friday service with you all and uh, just pray that you have a blessed weekend. And I look forward to seeing you all on uh, Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, when we celebrate that the cross is just the beginning for all of us. So good night and, and God bless.